Looking for an age-appropriate gift for a teen or tween that incorporates reading with beauty? Beauty in a Book Box is a quarterly subscription box company for tweens, teens, and adults. Each box is professionally curated by an educator, nurse, and cosmetologist. All boxes include accessories and beauty products. Established in 2019, their purpose is to align literacy and personal care. Beauty items can range from makeup, skincare, to hair products. They offer book options for the teen and adult box. One-time gift options can also be found on their website. Use our code BAABB16 for 10% off your first box. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of She Well Read. If you don't know who we are by now, that means you need to go watch or watch, listen to one of our episodes, <laughs> listen yeah. to the episode, know who we are, and then come back. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe we'll drop our names in. Maybe at the end. Because maybe okay. I have to get all the way to the end to figure out who we are. I also just realized I was not holding my mic properly. I really am not holding my mic either, so I'm glad you said that. <laughs> well, I just thought about it. I was like, what's in my lap? And then I looked down and I said, That's oh, your mic. it's my mic. <laughs> when it should not. Where it Hello. should not be. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey, Miss Mike. I'm going to hold you close. Hold me. I was trying to think of a song, but I can't think of one. Close. Ooh. Oh, so close. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> That's Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So. Oh. My notes app just changed to dark mode. Ooh. It's like, nighttime now. It is nighttime. Welcome to your nighttime podcast. You can listen to us before you go to sleep. A nice bedtime story, if you will. Oh, love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking chapter 16, Disturbing mm-hmm. the Peace, which we love Ooh. to see it. Yeah, I feel like we've been waiting for this moment. So honestly, it's part of the progression we've been watching or reading, I should say. Definitely, definitely. I am. I'm right there behind her. I'm rooting her on. I want her to just shake it up. (laughs) Shake it up. That's so funny because someone who isn't shake it up is mentioned in this chapter. Anywho, let me stop. All right, all right. Here we go, guys. The quote is. When I dare to be powerful to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. Audre Lorde. Mm. Period. Period. I love it. It's just a bingo right on the money. I know. I know. I was like, you know what? Let me go buy some Audre Lorde literature. So I went on (laughs) Amazon, unfortunately, and bought... Some. Did you really? You'll have to yeah. tell us how it is. Yes, the last black unif- unicorn. Not the last oh, black unicorn. I know no, what you're talking about, though. It's just the black unicorn. I'm thinking of Tiffany Haddish's book now. Yeah, you're. It's okay. I do what you're talking about, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. We'll see. Bet newsletter read of the month? Question mark. Maybe. I would love to see it. Okay. Okay, let's stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. Subscribe to our newsletter. I know, right? She will read website, Lincoln bio. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so 
Elaine, she's gone to her first trip to Africa. I was like, jealous. I want to go to Africa. Girl, I know. I know. I'm, I'm trying to go ASAP. ASAP. Um, and she's gotten her first set of like authentic Senegalese twists and they're like down to her waist and she's having this moment that I feel like maybe a lot of us have had as black girls walking into a corporate environment with braids of some sort for the first time like not knowing what the reaction will be mm-hmm. um, she even says like at best people would compliment my braids and we'd all move on or at worst people would indulge in touching them or make some sort of ignorant comment intended as a compliment lol yeah it, it, it often does come to that and unfortunately, in her case, it did. Even though she hoped it would not come to that. Hmm. Hate to see it. <laughs> you do hate to see it. And even, I feel like the environment where it happened was even worse because somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she's at her first day back on the industry event circuit. And she was talking to a fellow beauty director. And mm-hmm. she literally says, Is this all yours? And I was like, oh my gosh. Baby, no. No. (laughs) You know how long my hair is. Right. And that's what she said. She's like, there's no way my hair would have grown that fast, like in between the time where you last saw me. And how Mm -hmm. can you not tell that this is fake? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just a little bit silly. Um,. You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it maybe it was like she just didn't know. But if she's petting her braids and asking, you know, it's just it's feeling very zoo animal like it's feeling it's feeling like like Elaine is not human. Right. Literally inhumane treatment. Mm hmm. And, you know, Elaine even says, like, she knows she didn't mean any harm, but, like, she couldn't help seeing the irony in that moment and the notion (laughs) that a white woman who sat at the very pinnacle of publishing beauty hierarchy could get there without ever having required to know the first thing about black hair was, like, still a shock. It's, like, shocking, but not surprising. It's not. All at the same time. Right. But it is, Yeah. That's really sad when you have to see it, like, straight up. <laughs> right. It's like, how are you a beauty director and you don't even, like, what? Yeah, she even says, like, she has to know things about white beauty that mm-hmm. don't apply to her at yeah. all in any type of way. She has, she has to write articles, so she's having to do research in order to, you know, conform to the norm, which is white beauty. And it's just, like, yeah, very eye-opening when you see that it's just not reciprocated but whatever we just move on and we just keep on going well actually we can't move on without a petty comeback i was about to say we can't move on without a snapback Ah! i was very proud of elaine in this moment i was was too yeah because a few chapters back elaine would not have said this no way there's she would no have way. shrunk inside but this time she was like she was ready oh she said you of all people must know these are extensions and i was like ah! Purr. I was Purr. Like, okay all right 
I really wanted to like see what her reaction was, like what the beauty director's reaction was after that, because I can only imagine like the face and like pure horror that she was like, oh shit. <laughs> I know, and Elena is such a sweet person. Mm-hmm. To like have that comment said to you by this such nice. That's like what I snap back at people. People are always like, what what did i do wait a minute <laughs> i am the problem because what <laughs> all of a sudden um i need to take a step back and look at myself hopefully, reflection yeah hopefully <laughs> this woman did take a moment and she learned and grew, grew for that from that we won't hold her to this moment but you know i think we should hold her to that moment because like elaine says you're a freaking beauty director like do better oh oh Okay, period. Well, that's a great point. I feel like there's there's often times where it's like, you know, people like to say, oh, give give them some grace, da 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 which to yeah. some, sometimes it does apply. I don't yeah. think it applies in this moment, though. Do I better. I think you're right. Yeah, period. Period. It just comes down it. to, like, when you're at that point. Like, literally, like Elaine said, when you're at that point in your career, mm. there like, you're, I feel like you should be held to a higher standard, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, the beauty industry itself is not holding her to that standard. Ooh, that's tea. That's tea. You know, like, would you go above and beyond for a job that... Ooh, I like like, this alternative thinking. You know, like, if they're not asking you to do something, I guess it should be in you to, like, go the extra mile. But, Mm -hmm. like, if you're just living in a white world... (laughs) You've just never thought about it. Like, oh, oh yeah, not everybody can relate to this. Right. You're so right. That's that's a great point. But I love how she leads into, and it, because this moment made me think about the next thing that she's going to talk about, the infamous Zendaya incident at the Oscars. Uh, yes, that was a moment in time. Yeah, when Juliana Rancic literally fell from grace literally that's what i know she was like yeah she was in a good place i feel like i mean yeah she was like a tv host it girl to to me and to my opinion like you saw her on all the awards shows all the red carpets like all the things real talk real talk and then she said that and zendaya looked beautiful and her braids looked beautiful her and her stylist do not miss i mean ever even like in this moment today, they are still. I think they're at Cannes, the Cannes Film Kane. Festival. Kane. I think it's Kane. I think it's Cannes. Is it Cannes? Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. C A N N E S. Yeah, I've heard. I I've thought heard it was those. weird. And because yeah. I know it's French. Oh. Je ne sais quoi. A little bit of. Je ne sais quoi. A little bit of. <laughs> Yeah, um, the, the pictures have been so beautiful. She's I know you're loving all these little little two piece sets. Mm-hmm. I, I love okay, it. Okay, Miss Ma'am, Gro- it's, it's giving grown. It is. It's giving it girl. It is giving it girl. But for those of you who don't know the incident that we're talking about, there was an Oscars where Zendaya wore this gorgeous gown and she rocked dreads for her hairstyle, and. I think it was, I don't remember if it was on Fashion Police or what show it was on, but Juliana Rancic made mm. a comment about her look, about Zendaya's look and said that 
um, her dreadlocks must have smelled of, how do you say it? Patchouli? Yeah, patchouli and weed. Patchouli and weed. Because I guess that's what she associates with right. locks. It was like the negative connotation that like, oh, if you have locks, like you smoke weed and do drugs and whatever, whatever, like that negative stereotype. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize that Zendaya was only 18 at the time when this comment was made. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And that's- like that makes me, I don't know, I have so much respect for Zendaya. She's uh, very put like graceful when she she is because her comment was wearing my hair in locks on an Oscar red carpet was to showcase them in a positive light to remind people of color that our hair is good enough to me locks are a symbol of strength and beauty and I was like period mm-hmm. yeah it was a teachable moment for Julie Juliana and you know I haven't really seen her in much lately so I guess she may have just taken that as a maybe her step back from the limelight yeah because kind of that i need to come back to reality moment yeah yeah and i don't know if people always do come back to reality like even when they intend to because i'm thinking about this girl um she was on this podcast called the cutting room floor and she was just she's basically infamous for being a girl boss and for being racist in her Mm. company that she was girl bossing in and um she took a step back like she's no longer the ceo of man repeller oh it's leandra may dean that's her name okay she's like i think she's jewish she's jewish yeah so she like grew up thinking she was oppressed but she like at her big age of 30 years old she like realized that she grew up wealthy she was like oh this whole time like i thought we were like poor but actually i think i was rich like (laughs) even though she like vacationed in you know her summer house like she was if you can say the word summer house you're not poor i know i know like just crazy wealth but she just didn't see it because she was like the poorest of her rich friends almost maybe like a gossip girl moment like a dan a dan humphrey Humphrey. yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah so like uh but the thing is she took a step back to work on i don't know herself Mm -hmm. and (laughs) when she got on this podcast it was just so evident that nothing had changed and she still was playing the victim in this case Mm -hmm. and so it just makes me wonder like once you get canceled there's just so many roads you can take like she went the self-loathing route and she was like it would really fucked my mental health up and i mean that's very serious like absolutely it's not something to play with and you know everybody should have support in those times but at the same on like the other like flip side of it it's like usually that type of hurt leads to like growth and Mm -hmm. so when growth is not achieved it almost seems it just seems like a waste of um potential and energy like i'm giving up i'm not because you know how, like, people are trying to teach the baby and, That's like... That's exactly what I was going to bring up next. Yeah. It's, like, we have grace to a certain extent, but then it's just... 
it gets a little ridiculous. Like if you're just choosing not to do the work and it's clear that you're continuing to not do that, it's just like, I, I'm not going to stand behind you and like let you interpret the world like crazy all sideways and things you know yeah i actually had a pretty intense conversation with somebody about the whole debate incident because the other person's argument was yeah what he said was wrong but he also has the right to his own opinion and i was like yes that's true but his opinion is hurtful and harmful mm -hmm. because yeah. especially and I'm not saying it's right for anybody to say the type of comments that he said, but it's like, especially when you're in that type of position as a celebrity who is able to have that type of platform, like that's, even if you do feel that way in your heart of hearts, like what's the, what, what does it do for you to like put that out there? Like, what does that do for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is his opinion and I, you know, opinions can be flawed and like you can change your mind. So it's like, I guess... I don't know. It's a little bit... I don't like the argument of it's his opinion because it's not, or at least he's not claiming it anymore. He's apologized and said he's wrong. So, like... I don't in, believe it, though. I don't believe his apology, like, for one second. The only reason he came right. back with his second apology after he butchered his first one was right. because he started losing money. Right. And I mean, that's the thing is you can have your opinions, but if you're going to put them out and wear your heart on your sleeve, then you just got to be ready for, you know, to be canceled and for people for your back to get literally messed up. So, right. I would even honestly respect it more if he just stood behind what he said. Like now he's like going back, which I hope he has learned. But if you're right, like if he is just saying it to say it then he's a liar and ignorant like he's even worse it went from opinion. worse to worser to worser <laughs> right like now you don't even have my respect <laughs> like right and then well, you, you had been lost it say, I, I already like did not mess with the baby like that so yeah, when all of this happened it just right. further affirmed my like yeah i don't i don't mess with the baby at all i know right i know if we needed another reason <laughs> if we needed the reason the yeah like it's like okay but never again right but <laughs> <laughs> right okay so yes. oscar incident well, right. So um, Elaine like seems to be doing very well in her job and is like getting the creative, I guess, liberty to write articles and be the creative director. I mean, I guess that is her job. Like literally. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so she's like really getting comfortable in her role. And she after the Zendaya incident, she really insisted that they get the same um, style of twists that she had well I guess she was trying to do like the same it was almost like a tribute to Rwanda and to the to the braids that she got when she was in Rwanda as well as just like African hair in general so mm -hmm. the locks that Zendaya wore also inspired her um, but it was kind of a fight it seems like for Vogue to get behind it and so Elaine really put like all of her energy into getting them to hire a black hairstylist which was oh a wait I think you're, I think you're skipping ahead 
to another that's a separate shoot oh different shoot that's a different shoot this shoot was to be as a tribute of everything like how she just experienced this and how the whole zendaya incident happened and she Mm -hmm. was like i'm going to write a story based on all of this trying to like push teen vogue like culturally ahead and she starts talking about how in the past teen vogue has been seen as like a culture appropriator Mm -hmm. and how now that she's in the position that she's in as a black woman she wanted to start kind of a change of the tides uh, in that regard okay 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 and so then she make sure that like the even down to the casting casting a model who resembled the story's hero zendaya and mm-hmm. she was insistent that she wear the same style of twist that she had gotten in rwanda and she felt like this shoot was the first time she was able to fully be herself on the set mm-hmm. and you know when you do these types of shoots and things it's almost like you have to get it perfect or mm-hmm. else you're opening yourself to the black Twitter criticism. And I love how she mentions black Twitter because black Twitter is such a force to be reckoned with. Um, mm-hmm. So when the piece came out, the media went nuts, but not in the good way. Oh, this is the, yeah. So it all started when someone on Twitter with a couple hundred followers tweeted a picture of the story in the magazine with something to the effect of culture appropriation at its finest teen Vogue strikes again. And it went downhill from there because the people thought that the model was white when really Mm -hmm. the model was mixed. So like the model was black. And so it opened up this other part of the conversation where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, so now because she's mixed, she's not black enough like to be a representation of black people. Ah, yes. Okay. So it was just one girl for this one. Yes. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they really thought she was cosplaying as black, but I mean, I don't know. It seems like I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm like getting lost in it. I feel like there are more models, right? Than just the one. It was. And so those there were models that were on the shoot and they were white. So like right. the model herself who was mixed, she like came out and was like, for the record, if anyone cares, I'm half black and half French. Yeah. And so some people came back being like, oh, snap, my bad. <laughs> we didn't realize you're black. But it also brought up a good point to me of like cancel culture. It's so quick that oh, yeah. some people don't even pay attention to the full story. Mm-hmm. Like you just see, it's very visual. You see what you see and you don't do any research. Because Elaine even talks about it. She wrote this beautiful article about what the shoot represented and what the shoot, like what her intention for the shoot was. But no one read that. They just saw the cover <laughs> and like instant it was over with. Yeah, I know. I I hate that for Elaine. Like she really tried, but unfortunately it really missed the mark and like i don't blame black twitter at all because for there to be white models sprinkled in wearing braids um, and all light skin like if nobody can pass the paper bag test then it's looking like really um it's looking colorism no that's exactly what she says because they did point out that they're like okay yeah she's a black model but wearing senegalese twists when the majority of the people are dark-skinned women mm-hmm. yeah so like, i mean and you right. had not one dark-skinned woman to represent this hairstyle 
Yeah, I don't. Which like Elaine that. was like, good point. That's yeah. a, that's a valid point. And she was like, it made her. So this is one of those moments where it was like, she's thinking she's doing all these right steps, and then realizes like how she actually did have a misstep, and like re like totally does everything and like her entire thinking like she really has to reflect and be very conscious like mm-hmm. even more conscious for the next right. time yeah and i think that's a good lesson like obviously in a white company nobody is fighting for the black boys so it's her job mm-hmm. like as the first only different mm-hmm. referencing elaine um or i guess that's not elaine that's um What's her face? The Shonda Rhimes. Yes, Shonda. Um, that's Shonda, not Elaine's coin. But yeah, so oh, she issues the apology, and um, I don't know. I wasn't satisfied by the apology, but the um, op-ed she did. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, what made you not satisfied about it? Um, she like, I feel like she kind of gaslighted the reader a little bit when she said, I also know what it feels like to be ridiculed and rejected because as a mixed race person, I am somehow not black enough. Like, I get that that was like what was going on, but this isn't about you. This is about the fact that you cast a bunch of people like you didn't look on the set and notice anything wrong like I feel like she should have been apologizing for Vogue like for her for like her lack of overseeing and I feel like she just ended up like making excuses yeah, I could I could see because you know I'm always the person who can like see both sides, and mm. I could see her trying to like throw that in there to be like, listen, I'm saying all of this, but I can back it up like and tell you no, I really understand what you're talking about because I too can relate. But I could also see how that would be taking as gaslighting and like kind of taking away from everything that she just said before that. Right, it's just like not enough. Like she's light skinned she's thin. Like if. You're just not doing enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, bet, I mean, she owns up to that. And, you know, she could, she even says, like, if she could go back and, like, have rewritten it, she would have added even more. I hear you. I see you. And I will do better next time. Because I think that what we've learned through the course of this book is that Elaine is constantly finding her blackness and almost, like, the appropriate, quote-unquote, appropriate way to go about things. Mm-hmm. so I feel like this was one of those moments where yeah. it's like you didn't do the best and like I'm sure now she's like if I could have totally re- rewritten that I probably would have taken that out Yeah, but I at the like time mm-hmm. and I, because I, I, I too can resonate with that there's probably things that I've said or things that I've done that now looking back I'm like ooh I really should have handled that differently but I think that's all a part of growth and like especially when you're someone who's trying to find their blackness as well as be enough in their blackness all at the same time yeah but just going back to like what you said about i guess i just feel like you know she is um she's in a position where she is supposed to be held to a higher standard and 
I'm glad that she apologized. And it seems like she learned from what she like did. So I think that that's great. I just um, like her first her first apology it just like wasn't it for me but like I mean I'm glad she apologized and there's no like perfect way to do anything and I, I'm probably just being like a little much but yeah well I mean I totally get where you're coming from though but I think it's more also realizing that this happened like years and years ago and that even us as we've grown in our own like discovering our blackness like back then if we read this we would have been like oh that was a great apology top notch but now that we've grown we can have these types of criticism because now we know better yeah so i think it's the same thing yeah that's true we're constantly evolving so as long as she apologized which she did and we're moving on i'm happy for sure for sure um so yeah i mean but we just like talked about a lot of the themes that was going on here but i really liked how so then there was like two weeks later there was a new teen vogue cover the august issue where it was three black models and it had a way better response because it was done a whole lot better than how this last time went and it was also called groundbreaking uh, because she was a black editor who penned the cover story. Yes. And it held up right along with it as a symbol of progress and a sign that fashion media was finally moving in the right direction. And it was a very redemptive moment for herself. I'm so happy for her. Honestly, like, I feel like she needed that after. Like, Black Twitter really can be ruthless. It can. It really Cut can. Cutthroat environment. Which, like, to some degree is good, but, like, also people can take it too far. Yeah. Okay, but I did look up this cover that was groundbreaking. And when I tell you, none of them pass the paper or whatever the whatever the paper bag test is, they're all lighter than the paper bag. So they would have passed the paper bag test. They would have, yes. They would have passed it. And I was like, and they all have very Eurocentric features. Like it's not it's not giving black features. But then again, sense. it's like, are you calling them out saying they're not black enough at that point? Like if you're gonna nitpick like even down to their features. I just feel like there are some features that are Eurocentric and accepted in the fashion industry. Because but like, is that their fault? It's not their fault. I'm just saying like the fashion industry is very regressive because <laughs> for this to be a groundbreaking cover, it was not groundbreaking to me. I was like- Back then, it, I feel like sometimes you're thinking of like, now like now this would not be considered groundbreaking but back then having three black women on a team vote cover like that was groundbreaking no matter if they looked more eurocentric or could pass the paper bag test the fact that it was like they're black and on the cover of team vogue like in that sense it was groundbreaking but now it, it that you wouldn't call that groundbreaking 
Yeah, so I guess that's progress because I was like, I was just sad looking at that. I was like, okay. Yeah, and and I I totally like feel that like it is sad to think that something like that is groundbreaking. I just wouldn't want to like take away from that just because that then it, like then you're calling their blackness into play, like saying they're not black enough to be groundbreaking, being the three black women on the cover. Okay, fair. Yeah. Cause that that because I feel like sometimes we can get to the point of like nitpicking to our own fault, like anti-blackness. Yeah, like that. It's, <laughs> it was giving very anti-black. I don't know. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying though, but it's like, yes, it wasn't enough now's time point of view, but like back then, it was kind of like, here's our starting point. Let's grow from here. Yeah. Let's, let's do better. As a starting point, for sure. But I definitely wasn't trying to be anti-black in any way. Yeah, you're just passionate. That's all it is. Yeah, I just want to see representation. <laughs> That's it, y'all. Yeah, I feel that. Like... Like, you want to see a dark-skinned woman on the cover. Because that's like somebody saying, like, Zendaya being on a cover of something is not valuable or, like, doesn't mean anything because she is mixed. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind yeah. of the same thing. I'm just tired of light-skinned girls getting everything. That's yeah. all. Yeah. No, and I can, trust me, I, I feel it. I can, I can hear it from you. It's and like, it's true. And that's called progress. That's like, and they they call it progress every time. They're like, just be happy that they're not white, you know? And it's right. Like, it's just not enough. <laughs> right, like be satisfied. Right. They're like trying to appease us. Like, oh, here you go. This is this groundbreaking cover. And I'm sure the people that we're saying is groundbreaking amongst obviously black people because we're celebrating us because that's what we always do but i bet it was a lot of white media that was like i've never seen this before (laughs) you know what i mean which honestly was probably true right and it's like okay (laughs) it's just upsetting it's upsetting it's upsetting yeah it's so sad but like i'm glad elaine could be there to pen the cover and like yay (laughs) (laughs) sam was like i want more i want better (laughs) (laughs) which like but we need people you know what like you have to have that too it's like i'm gonna hold y'all accountable look her it's like multifaceted multifaceted that's the words i was looking for yeah yeah no and i i like i hope people like you held me accountable so i just I feel like we, all of us holding each other to a higher standard is like the best. I think that's great. That's how we grow. Yeah. Cause I feel like me and you, we could check each other all day long, but it's like, <laughs> but it's, it's never like with malintents. You know what right. I mean? Like we're having yeah. a conversation and I feel like people who dive into that cancel culture need to mm-hmm. realize that it needs uh, to be more of a conversation, a conversation. Not, yeah like it's a, yeah. It, because that's what it is nothing's going to change unless you start having these conversations yes. instead of just coming out with the attack from out the gate real talk yeah i know like if you come in like you're wrong it's just not gonna go anywhere productive right Right, like having these productive conversations. Like, because it kind of reminds me of like when Miley Cyrus commented, I don't know if you saw about that, how she commented on DeBaby's apology and was like, hey, 
you're saying you don't know the resources or like you don't know even know where to start on getting the proper resources to learn to do better and learning mm-hmm. about the LGBTQ plus community. Let me help you. Wow. But, but everybody like there was like some people were like, yay, Miley. Yes. But some people were like, he doesn't need that. He can find all the resources he needs I mean, on his could. own. But like tea. But like, don't go and try to cancel her for doing that, for trying to be the progressive person in the situation. I don't know. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's not hurting anybody. Right. Like, yes, he could, in fact, go find these things. But clearly. Well, it's honestly sad that the black community couldn't be the ones that reached out to help him. Like, the fact that it had to be Miley Cyrus, of all people, who appropriated (laughs) black culture, and now she's going to, like, white savior it. Like, uh, okay. There's just so many levels to this. Multifaceted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Multilayers. Let me help you. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, girl. The multifacetedness of life. Honestly, it's never as simple as black and white. It's never. Ooh, I like that episode name. It's never black and white. I like that. Okay. All right. Yes. So that cover, I thought it was cool that it beat out even Kylie Jenner, which was the highest selling cover that year. Yes. Fire. And that was Pete Kylie Jenner. Right, I was, I was thinking, because I had to, like, remember, like, go back, remember the time. Right? But, yeah. <laughs> she was, like, with Tyga. She was, like, having all the controversy about her lip filler at this time. Mm-hmm. Rewind the year of realizing things. Right, like, that was peak pop culture at the time. It really was. It was a lot of, a lot of talk. A lot of Kardashian talk. Kardashian. When is there not a lot of Kardashian talk? Let's be real. They work hard. Because, like, literally right now, today, (laughs) Kylie just announced, like, confirmed her pregnancy. Baby number two. Number two. Somebody somebody said, can't wait to be Cloudy Webster. Cloudy Webster? Because Stormy. Stormy? What's her, is her, like, middle name Dexter? What's her middle name? Oh, I don't know. What's the Dexter part? Webster? Oh, no. Oh, Webster. Yeah. So, you know, like... That's her last name. That's Travis's last name. Oh, shit. Webster? Yeah. That's so interesting. Or Weber, one of the two. Oh, wow. That's just such a... I would never have thought... I thought it was Scott. Mm-mm. Nope. Wow. I learned something new today. <laughs> but somebody was like, did you know they have Stormy, so next they're going to have Cloudy? Oh, so Cloudy. I'm surprised somebody hasn't taken that name yet. They Cloudy? Bunch of sky, I don't know. North. All these different names. Literally. <laughs> rain. Yeah, it's just like things in the sky. <laughs> well, I guess rain is more like uh, royalty. Royalty rain. But somebody's literally uh... royalty. Who's royalty? Oh. Somebody's name is royalty. Somebody named their kid royalty. I forget who. Was oh, it Chris Brown? Know. I think it's Chris Brown. That sounds about right. <laughs> She's like, mm, could believe it. Yeah, royalty. Anyway. Anywho. Oh, that's yeah. the, okay. That's the first time I've said it all episode. I've been like watching myself. Okay. Period. <laughs> y'all, y'all go back and check her on that. 
Hey, 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 yeah, for real though, because I, I think I've been doing well. But anywho, dang it, I- dang it, I said it wrong. Ah! It's back. There you go. It's over. Ah! <laughs> you got comfortable. Ah, uh, get the shot glasses out. I know, right? I thought we had them put away for once. Okay, <laughs> oh look, representation matters. Per. We're on page two hundred and fourteen, y'all. Well, now we're so deep into this book. Like we only have about like eight episodes left of this season now. I'm kind of sad. I I love this book. I did too. I really do love this book. Hmm. Um, Okay, but my favorite quote of the entire chapter is coming up. In order to change the stories, you must change the storytellers. Period. Period. Yep. 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 yep, Which, like, the simplest of words means so much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's yeah, how i felt about that love right, it right and so the reason she says this is because oh. um oh i love this part yes amandla yes. amandla stenberg stenberg she was rue in the hunger games which like honestly i the hunger games came on my tv the other day and mm-hmm. i like looked her up because i was like i wonder like whatever happened like post hunger games which big yeah and so but back then she had just done her role as rue and she quickly became an important voice for her generation after a hyper intelligent tumblr post that she did Mm -hmm. don't cash crop my cornrows which i was like purr girl i had to look at that oh my god it was so good it was so good same I just, I love that. I love that she cares, you know? Mm-hmm. If y'all haven't seen it, maybe we can link that in the show notes. That would be great. Um, yeah. It's not very long. It's like a four-minute video, but she's basically just talking about huh, Miley Cyrus. Actually, like Iggy Azalea, like a lot mm. of these people that come into like rap, for example, mostly just rap and yeah. they are not of the culture and they profit off the culture is basically what it is she's talking about just like um appropriation and how to like appreciate someone's culture without like, appropriate pay homage to it right like like someone like eminem yeah, I mean, even Mac Miller. Like, Mac Miller, yeah. There's ways to do things respectfully. Jack Harlow's pretty respectful. Yeah. I just thought of Eminem because I know he's like the... What's the word I'm looking for? He's like the starter of all of it. Yeah, for I don't white know. Men. Was he appropriating a little bit? Maybe? I feel like there's always that hint of appropriation just because you're coming into a space that's highly dead it like yeah highly yeah. based off of black culture right but you could also argue potentially that you know when black people go into like for instance country music that that could be considered appropriation but like not really like some people would make that argument but i would disagree yeah because country music is what based off of what it's country music i feel is a feeling and just like a type of music i don't know i don't know the history of country music but if i had to guess a black person started it right like if we had to guess but who knows somebody check that for us let us know because i don't know 
Yeah. Because I, I have seen people try to make that argument. Like, I mean, like, black farmers were a thing, so I wouldn't think that country music would be exclusively for white people. Right, right, right. But I right. do think that they gatekeep the industry. Gatekeeping! And- That's a- There you go. That's what it is. And don't like they don't want black people in the CMAs. They don't want black people, you know. Like, yeah, they like it threw was a fit when Beyonce was there. I was just about to bring that up. Like it was iconic and honestly, like his history in the making when Beyonce performed with the Dixie Chick. Like it was like Beyonce on top of the Dixie Chicks who were all already <laughs> like low key canceled from country music, but like having a comeback yeah that was funny i mean i loved it that was the only time i ever watched the cmas that's the only time i ever paid attention to the cmas yeah but they just have their traditions Mm -hmm. and (laughs) they gotta protect them right but i love me some dixie chicks let me start yeah okay yeah that's all (laughs) that's all you y'all can Y'all getting to have a, a ball with Alana and her country music. Listen, some of it, I used to be a hater of country music, and I will say it, I will admit to it. <laughs> but I found the type of country music I can actually stand. You know what? You do not have to justify it to me. Just know Period. I won't be at the concert. <laughs> she said, just know I will not be in attendance. <laughs> but it's okay. It. I'll take Autumn. I'll take country Autumn. Country Rose. <laughs> Take me home. Home. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, let's stop. L O L. Okay. Yes, yeah, so Amanda's on the cover. Uh, not a man. A man love. Sorry, but yes. like, who put the L there? A man love. I know, but at her parents, like, <laughs> like is, it, parents. is it a family name? Like, maybe. What is that, what is that from? I Probably means something. I I wonder if it does. Look it up homework we'll see i'm so weak okay but for this interview elaine asked solange to do the interview so that's where we go with the in order to change the stories you must change the storytellers and let me tell you i looked up that interview and please period. get off my please get off my thing is that scar, scar? is that scar, scar said i loved it too <laughs> scar said i too read the article I F with Solange heavy. Like that woman, she's very wise, I feel. I mean, so is Beyonce too. Bruh, have you seen the clip where it's like when Beyonce turned 40 and it was like this interview when she turned 30 and it was like, (gasps) what do you want to do by the time you turn 40? And she did it all. She did all of it. And that's on manifestation. Speak your truth. That's on manifestation. That's believing in yourself. That's just hard work. Badass women tree. Yeah, she really did all that and more. And more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like she didn't, like, you know, some people who try to like dip their toes in too much. She did each one of them with like such Mm. care and Mm. precision. Her craft. Her craft. Yeah. Her mind. I can't wait to see her one day again. Bro, (sighs) I'm telling you, front row, I will drop a bag. (laughs) We will drop a bag for Beyonce. In fact, we will. I know. This will be my third Beyonce concert, and who knows if she will go on tour after that, so I'm going to make it the best night of my life. Per. Per. (laughs) Let's get a box. Per. (laughs) <laughs> bottle service and let's go <laughs> oh my god i want to be able to see her without my glasses on 
Oh, okay. Let's go. <laughs> okay. She is just dropping a bag. I and am not on LASIK. Just <laughs> get LASIK, girl, at that point. <laughs> then you can buy whatever tickets you want. I'm so weak. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, y'all. Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue. Yeah. I did not read the article. I'd love to read it. It's really good. Okay. Let's hit us with the link. We're going to share that and Amanda's cash crop of the of the cornrows. Of the cornrows. Okay, but now we're getting into the store, the photo shoot that you were actually going into initially. Ooh. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hop it back to you. Oh my god. Okay, I'm I've been getting a little bit mixed up this chapter. Ooh. And that's okay. It's a lot going on. Oh my god. So this one was just for Amanda. There were no other models. Um yes. Okay, okay. I think okay. no, but there, there were other models. There were, there were, there were. Okay, there were. Okay. I was a little confused. Thank you, Lana. You're welcome, you're welcome. Okay, yes. So Elaine is in charge again. Um and this time she's like, I'm owning everything because at this point my head is on the chopping board. I'm the one that has to answer to black Twitter, not y'all. <laughs> she was like in the conference room. They were like, do we really need a black hairstylist? Like we have a hairstylist that always comes in. And like, there's just this like familiarity that Vogue has with certain clients or like. Even the industry. She mentioned that. In the industry, correct. And it's just like, even if you're doing amazing things and you're someone who just doesn't have the contacts to like know people at Vogue and get into Vogue, like you just never will because they're not like out here asking random people, especially like diverse people. They're asking like, oh, you know, Joe from this shoot and that shoot and that other shoot. Like he's just like, Somebody who's almost been grandfathered into the system versus like doing things that are innovative and earning his spot on set. So Elaine said, look, not again. Look Um, at this in. (laughs) I will not be like the laughing stock of Teen Vogue. She said, I need a black hair braider. And she made sure that they got that. She said, we do have to pay them. She said she wanted, like, very Angela Davis-inspired, full-fro, turtlenecks, wide-legged pants, and, like, Black Pride. So that things that were historically associated with the Black Panther movement. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they had a stylist who they said they could do that they could use to do black hair and Elaine like was like no we literally need budget and it's problematic to me that y'all haven't even considered hiring a black hairstylist for a black hairstyled shoot you know what I mean yeah so anyway after a lot of debate um she ended up going with a black hairstylist named Lacey Redway and Lacey apparently killed it as she should um and so I guess the thing about somebody who isn't like always working on a Vogue shoot is that they are very nervous to work on a Vogue shoot and they're like bringing their A-game so once everything came through 
um the pictures were done obviously the article had been written it all gets back to elaine's desk and elaine she legit cries at her desk and she said she ugly cried it was an acute <laughs> thing uh she said solange's words were powerful and truly poetic there's a quote that she included and it says there's a secret language shared among black girls who are destined to climb mountains and cross rivers in a world that tells us to belong to the valleys that surround us so here are connecting oh so here we are connecting as two non-conforming black girls and i just really it would have brought me to tears as well because something i love about amanda's love is that she is very i think she's identifies as gay and she's just very progressive and like elaine said she's so smart mm-hmm she's acting but she's also i feel like she's in school like she's i mean at least she's educating me through her instagram i just feel like she's someone in my generation that i look to as a leader right um, when it right. comes to culture and like i love her fashion sense i love a lot of things about her she's so dope to me yeah. Um, and she was in The Hate You Give, I think. She was. And she was in everything. Every, like, she's been in some really good films. She has. Like, she is a great actress, in my opinion. I, I really fuck with her. And then the fact that Solange, who has always been a little bit or a lot of bit outside of the box and, like, black culture hasn't always understood her. And black culture is kind of known for being a little bit scary when it comes to things that are outside of the norm so you know that's something that i guess is in all of these cultures is like we're maybe not the most open like we're not open arms about and i don't know if it's just like older generations feeding that to us as like young people and maybe that's how you know that hate gets spread but i feel Mm -hmm. like like going back to the the baby thing and like the artists that have come out in support of the baby and like not in support of Lil Nas X and you know just little Bo- at Boosie I was about to say Boosie yeah. he's like the loudest one yeah I keep thinking of him um, <laughs> yeah but but like it's just I don't even know oh yeah I guess I was going with. <laughs> It's really inspiring when I see, especially females who are not feeding into this male gaze. Like, even though I love Megan Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj, and I feel like they're such powerful women, like, they're also kind of reinforcing the same, like, I'm a hot girl, I can get any guy I want, and it's like is sex freeing like is that really like the ultimate like feminine thing for us is to get like i mean it's freedom of expression in general but like it's just i guess um glamorizing the same things that the men do in rap that we get that we don't 
like i guess and we don't think it's progressive when they do it is like is it really that much more progressive if a woman is doing it or is well, it well i would say yes the woman i would say so it's almost like, like reclaiming it. because yeah. when a man does it it's degrading yeah i think that's the difference like when but, a like man we're degrading men on the other side i mean i guess they are the oppressor in that instance right if you're looking at it from that dynamic Mm -hmm. yeah i would i would definitely say that but i see what you're saying too but i feel like it's also because like if you choose like meg how you know it's like i'm a hot girl that's her lane like that's that's her lane that's her thing and I feel like if anyone tries to do that, it's automatically like, oh, are you feeding into the male gaze? Because that has become the male gaze. So even if you're not, it's like you damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Because that has been the precedence, precedence of that. Mm-hmm. So even if you're trying to come out and be like, screw it, I'm not like I'm not doing this for that. I'm not doing this, da da da. Even if you say that, it still is linked. Just yeah. because that's the that's the preface of it all. Right, 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 right. Like you're feeding into the same industry that I guess hurt you. Right. Even if you're, even if your whole point is, I, I don't know. I feel like it's almost in a sort of activist way in a sense. Yeah. I think she has, she is an activist. Like I am right. not discrediting that at all, but I do but think are there's you, a like, where's difference. The line? Are you yeah. kind of like, where's the line? Yeah, I just feel like it made sense that Solange interviewed Amandla because I feel like they're both always pushing for, like, full acceptance of everyone. I mean, actually, not Megan's not not doing that. Megan's actually very accepting and very including. Yeah, I don't know. I guess just something... I guess that was more just a train of thought. <laughs> But that's getting really, really deep. Um, I'm not trying to compare these women. They're all doing amazing things in their space. and I was just about to say, in their respective spaces. Yeah. So Because we Meg's were- respective space is like, yeah, right now you could say I'm feeding into the male gaze by like... But I think that's By like, twerking and like all that. Right. Because then you have But like, you're right. She's reclaiming the twerking and like... Saying I'm doing this for me, right? But I see because I think what you're getting into is how like there's the eggs, huh? Like how how like I guess like sex sells. I guess is what I'm getting. Yeah, sex, and it's true. But it's like how do you change that? You can't. You can't. You're profiting off of it because you know it sells. But like, I mean, but at the same, I feel like that would be problematic. Like if you were, if that's the point, but if that like, was the only reason. If that was the only, the only reason, it like, just so happens. Yes, that sex sells. <laughs> yeah, and I also love turkey and like right and exposing I'm myself. the best at it. Magnes, period. <laughs> like, no one else can do it like me, and I'm gonna do it. Right, I think it's more just like it's sad for like the Jasmine Sullivans of the world. Or mm. like the Solanges of the you, you can even mm-hmm. do Beyonce versus Solange. Beyonce is a lot more sex, like you know, sex sells than Solange is. Solange more like sultry R and B vibes, like soul, yeah, like yeah. But for that sure. that industry is not as profitable as the industry it's that not Beyonce, Beyonce is in. do. right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's like 
Like, which one do you... Like, yeah, it really just depends on who you are as a person. Right, and as long as you're standing by that, like, it is what it is. Like, what comes of it comes of it. You know what I mean? I think it's our job as a consumer to push for those types of things, though, because we're the only ones who are going to change that. Right. That's so true. What we put our dollars into. And that's why it does matter, I think, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, staying true to what you actually say you believe in. Right. Put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. So, I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's more where you were going into instead of, yes. like, the, like... Yeah, I got a little lost and started comparing the, the three women, but <laughs> that really wasn't <laughs> where I was trying to go. I got lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I could kind of sense what you were, like, actually, but I was like, I also don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, no, you're good. But all oh in my all... Goodness. Yes, all in all, let's just, let's just quote Amanda. This basically sums it all up, y'all. It says, as a black girl, you grow up internalizing all these messages that say you shouldn't accept your hair or your skin tone or your natural features or that you shouldn't have a voice or that you aren't smart, she says in the interview. I feel like the only way to fight that is to just be yourself on the most genuine level and to connect with other black girls who are awakening and realizing that they've been trying to conform. Period. Period. Like, that's it. It's just nice, you know, like, like having all these women who are in their respective cut, like, Solange is in hers, and like, Amandla's in hers, and Megan is in hers, and we can see ourselves in all of these women, like, different parts of ourselves. Representation. And it just, it makes us feel like we can awaken that part of ourselves. So she said it beautifully. I love that. Yeah. Perfectly written. Perfectly said. It was 10 out of 10. Okay. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, Elaine gets a freaking email from Anna Wintour herself. Oh. I was shook. I was I was shook. too. I was like, I would have probably shat myself. Yeah, you don't I don't I didn't even know she sent emails. <laughs> right. Like, oh just it's just like imagine like being in that position and you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna write this email to this person, like no big deal. And then like you being the person and like it is a big deal. The hugest deal. Right. So much of a big deal that she uh, Elaine gets tips from her friend who works at Brides magazine, the other first like black person to be in that position as the editor in chief. Mm-hmm. And she like gets like meeting tips and whatnot. And I feel like that's so very on brand for this type of situation. Right. I'm not trying to mess it up. This is my right. one shot. <laughs> this is it. Like this is my time to shine. And <laughs> she even said like the meeting lasted a total of seven minutes. I would have been like anxious those whole seven minutes i know like you stress for days and it's seven minutes seven minutes long right like hey girl how are you okay bye right um but she says it was a really good conversation anna even invited her to like pitch something to her like like, hey let's meet again pitch me something and even though the pitch didn't go through Mm -hmm. she still says how you know she was Almost she felt like being groomed for like this next level. And it even that's crazy. 
That's okay. Right? And it was even more like sewn in that I was like, oh yeah, I'm right. Because she says she was on her way to her boss's desk. So her boss called her over mm-hmm. and said, hey, Anna wants to talk to you for really quick. And she said, Anna greeted me with a rare, gracious smile, then turned to introduce me to a tall, blonde, well-accessorized Vogue executive. And she said, this is Elaine. We are also proud of the work she is doing here at Teen Vogue. She is prolific. And then she says, did Anna Wintour just call me freaking prolific? Yeah, that's a, I mean, I feel like the dinosaurs are prolific. Like, like, that's a big word to be using about Elaine. And I mean, she has earned that title 100%. But to hear it coming out of the it's like the validation director of of vogue itself the vogue like the fashion president of the united states (laughs) basically like uh yeah i would have probably just melted onto the floor and died right then and there here lies samra so anyway I i think it's interesting that she said she felt like she's being groomed for something because she has such an interesting career trajectory so far. And mm-hmm. did you see that she's leaving The View? I did not see that she's leaving The View. Yeah, and she just like did a master class of her I own. did see that. I did so see that. So I'm like, where is Elaine going to go next? Like it, if she's leaving The View after one year, like some people stay on The View forever. Right. And She's like, I was just I'm about just to say a little do 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 and I'm dipping. Like this was You just know what? A, it's not yeah. the view. We've been saying the wrong show. LOL. The, it's talk. the talk. The talk, my bad. It's the talk. I just looked it up. The view is just the one that I think of when I think Same. of like the talk shows, but it's right. the talk. It's the talk. But I that's when you said that I was interested because I was like, she's only been there for like a year. So literally a year. Did so, you see that's why I'm thinking something good must have come up to make her leave that contract right unless it was just a one-year contract which i guess it could have been but have you seen like why she's leaving no like she it doesn't seem like for any bad reason but she hasn't said why i mean not that i've seen but i haven't done a lot of research so you know I just, well, I'm doing some right now. And she says, Walter Ross said in a statement, it is an absolute honor for anyone, but especially a young black woman to occupy space on air where our perspectives are largely largely underrepresented. It was gratifying to be able to show up as my authentic self in front of a live national audience every day in a world as divided as ours and to stay true to myself and what I stand for. And she added, I came to the talk to break out of my own echo chamber and to join a diverse cast in helping to bridge some of the divides in our world through mm-hmm. conversation and empathy. Love. Love and she that. says, I'm proud of how I represented myself in my community. But as I always say, when the music changes, so must your dance. I will miss my talented co-host and crew and I wish them the very best. Thanks to all who tuned in every day. Blah, 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 blah. I know it just seems like she's leaving very amicably, but like, why? What's the thesis? Right? Like, did is she about to be the? N- <gasps> what if Anna Wintour steps down and she's the new um, 
fucking editor-in-chief of I would inf- Vogue. I would, in fact, shit my pants. If I would, too. <laughs> I literally would, too. And I we mean, would literally come back young. to this episode. Right, we'd literally come back to this episode and be like, see, we told y'all. We said it. We said I mean, it right here. Let's speak it because I come on, Anna. Needs I would to love go. to see it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Babe, you and Joe Biden both need to just retire. I'm so weak. Not you bring <laughs> Joe into this. Joe said I didn't even do anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway. All right. That might be a good a good note to leave on. <laughs> a good sign of our stopping point. We'll just let y'all chew on that. A, a, a small thing to chew on as right. we leave. All right. So next chapter, we're talking about highs and lows. Highs and lows. So oh, I don't like lows. I know. That's why I'm like, Ooh. how much lower are we going, man? <laughs> well, we were high, so I feel like there's a low coming. Oh God, well. Elaine, <laughs> I'm praying for you. <laughs> we will see. On the next episode, this has been another episode of She Well Ren. I'm Alana. Now you know who I am. <laughs> Surprise. I'm Sarah. Good to see you. Bye. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at She Well Red to stay in the loop. Also, be sure to send us listener letters, fan mail, or PR to our new P.O. Box, 1725 Gardendale, Alabama, 35071. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com or post about it in our Facebook group. And for any business inquiries or collabs, send us an email to shewellred at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. We love you and stay well read. Bye!